Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What did you see in those three passages? Write it down. Here's a huge danger. Grumbling can become a habit. You see, grumbling became the national pastime of Israel. The word grumbling appears many times in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Jewish Old Testament. And it's almost always referring back to the children of Israel in the wilderness and their stubborn, discontent spirit. There's a lot of complaining going on nowadays. People don't like the way elections turn out or how their job's doing. Complaining is nothing new. Examples are all over the Old Testament of the Bible. The people of Israel, God's chosen people, complained all the time after being freed from Egypt. Pastor Mark is teaching the importance of cultivating a thankful attitude and the danger of becoming like the ancient Jews, who nurtured an attitude of complaining. Complaining will do nothing but drive others away from us as well as causing us to fail to see God's blessing in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 1 of his message, The World is Watching. Turn to the book of Philippians chapter 2. The book of Philippians, the title of today's teaching is The World is Watching. Well, at Christmas time, the holiday season, if you work in the retail environment, there's a day you don't like. And that's the day after Christmas. Because everybody comes back with returns. Something they didn't like. It looks like this if you work in the complaint department. Please take a number. A grenade. You'd like to give them a grenade and blow everybody up that has a complaint. Well, the Apostle Paul is going to talk to us today about a pretty personal topic. Grumbling, complaining people. Well, how do we get there? Well, here's the principle we learned. There are some things only God can do. And then there's some things only we as Christ followers, as Christians, can do. God put us on this earth to work together with him. Some things God will do, we can't do those things. Some things we have to do, God won't do them for us. And we learn some principles from this verse. So take a look. You're right there in Philippians chapter 2. Get on to verse 12 and 13. Verse 12, if you haven't written it in your Bible, are the things that we do. Verse 13 are the things that God does. 
Paul says this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So Paul says, here's three things that you, as a Christ follower, only can do. Number one, obey. Number two, grow to be a, well, just a a mature believer. Continue to be a growing follower. Not just obedience, but make that applicable in your lifestyle. So you're looking more and more and more like Christ. And do that with some respect. Because you didn't become a Christian without God. So you should have some healthy respect and awe and reverence for God. Now, some of us go like, well, I know I became a Christian. I'm not working for my salvation. I'm working it out. It was given to me as a gift. But I don't think I can do that. Pastor Mike, I don't think I can really grow to be like Christ. That's like way beyond what I can do. Well, that's why Paul wrote verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act... According to his good purpose. In other words, the God part is this. That my will. Oh, I'd like, Pastor Mike, I'd like to be a growing Christian. Okay, well, God will give you that ability. He'll put that desire in you. He changes our wanter to become what he wants us to become. But not only that, notice, to act according to his good purpose. He then empowers us. You say, I want to be a growing Christian. I want to be more like him. God says, I'm here for you. So there's the two things that God does for us. He gives us a desire, and then he empowers us to actually be that person with a willing attitude that looks and thinks and acts and ministers just like Jesus. Well, what does that look like? What is the growing thing look like? We're going to show you today four things. If you're a Christ follower and you're growing, Paul continues on and he shows us how to work out our salvation, how to live, how to minister, how to think and be like Jesus. And then we're going to answer the question, well, why should I be that? I don't really care. Why should I be that? And Paul will give us that very important answer to the question, why? Let's look at verse 14. Do everything. If everything wasn't in this sentence, I'd be okay. <laughs> and do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. First thing you see is the whole title of our teaching. Do you know today that people are watching Christ followers? We have a very high visibility factor. So today, in my lifestyle, people are looking at me. I'm looking at you. I'm looking for a tie, if I could find one tie in this crazy place, like the old days. If so, you're a visitor. Welcome. Glad to have you. So, the world is watching us. I'm going to show you later why they're watching us. 
It was interesting. Yesterday morning, I get up, did a little walk, and I was walking through the neighborhood, and a neighbor was out. I talked to the neighbor I have for years, but not a lot. And he said to me, my wife on Friday night was driving Minton Road. I'm going, uh-oh, where's this thing going? He said, what's up with that? And so she came home and said, I couldn't get by the church. I was going this way and it took me forever. And I took Hollywood to go home. By the way, most of us took Hollywood to go home. And so what I discovered was this. Then he began talking about the church. See, people are watching. And the question was, what was going on there with all those 15,000 people or whatever you had there? I mean, the roads are blocked. And what in the world were you doing? People are watching. They want to see what we're doing. Oh, they've heard about us. They've heard about God. But they don't understand what that relates to their own life. So people are watching. Well, it's not only us. Jesus, it was said about this in Mark chapter 1. The whole town gathered at the door to watch Jesus. Later, it says, since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. Unbelievers, they're watching how we live. So Paul specifically talks about the how. First, he talks about our attitudes as a Christ follower. So the first thing you want to write down today is this. The world, they're watching our attitude. They're looking at what our attitude is. Now look at that verse again, verse 14. Do everything without complaining. That word complaining in the original language is the word grumble. And I put the Greek on the overhead for you because it sounds like grumble. Ganguzo. Ganguzo. To murmur, to mutter, to grumble in a, in a low tone. So uh, we're going to practice that word because we're going to say it a lot during the service today. Here we go. And, and you got to put a little low tone. Here we go. Ganguso. Sit, turn to your neighbor with a, a growl and give him a ganguso right now. Go, go ahead. You feel better? Ganguso. Ganguso. It means to complain, to grumble. Now, why do we grumble? Well, we grumble because we don't think something's fair or just. We grumble because there's circumstances in our life that we're unhappy with. With all these 9,000 people, think of the circumstances that we, from A to Z, we, we grumble about them. Well, you know, to study this text, I study early in the week. And this week, God gave me a practice run at this verse. Do everything without grumbling. I failed. You see, I worked for Wustoff Hospital 27 years. My wife has worked there since I retired and became a pastor. So we had the same insurance for 41 years. Same insurance company, 41 years. And of course, Wustoff's been sold. And the new company came in. new company's great. And they changed companies. Anguzo. 
It's been a miserable week. And I'm trying to get people all over the world to answer me. Well, it's in the works. I have no idea. Ganguzo. Even if some of these people I talked to are in South Carolina, how can help me is the bomb? I said, my guy goose out to you too. <laughs> it didn't happen. I don't care. And so I have to say to you, I failed. But don't look at me like that. How many of you gone goose this week? Let me see your hand. Hallelujah. I got the right crowd to teach. I got the right crowd to teach. <laughs> gone goose By the way, it worked out. I can fall now and I have insurance. Okay. <laughs> when we complain... It's either usually about a circumstance, or it's about another Christian, or it's about an unbeliever. But bottom line, when we grumble, it's really all about God. Here's why. The book of Romans, chapter 8, says this. And we know that all things work together. God takes them and he, he works them together for our good. So that... He can fulfill the purpose in my life. And what's that purpose? Romans 8, 28 and 29 says that purpose is to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. So in my life, outside of sin, God allows everything in my life to make me more like his son. Are you saying, Pastor Mark, that this insurance deal that you went through last week, God allowed it? Mm -hmm. To give me what? Patience, patience, kindness. Things you griped at this week, if it wasn't sin, he allowed it there. Some of you, I heard you as I walked from the parking lot back here on Friday. Well, yeah, yeah, I got a parking lot way out back here. And then I heard you out here. A hot dog, that's all they gave you. A hot dog, you give me a hot dog. Gongoosia, gongoosia. Look at the line to get in that thing there. Look at the line. I don't even know why I'm here. I was right out there with you, in case you didn't know. I was getting material for my sermon the whole night. (laughs) It's from you guys. Well, why did God give me that insurance deal this week? So I could have an attitude adjustment. Now, it came after. Should have came during. But... I'm obeying the word this morning. He changed my attitude. I want you to look. Just say with me this morning, Ganguzo. Come on. Ganguzo. Well, there was a nation of Israel. Turn with me to the book of Exodus. We'll be right back here. Just keep your finger there. We'll be right back. Exodus, second book of the Bible. God created a people called Israel. They're his people. The nation of Israel is God's nation. I mean, he loves all the world, but the nation of Israel is God. Jerusalem is God's city. By the way, you saw the news this week with the bombs and explosives being put on planes. Don't think that's just. Don't think that's just for the United States or whatever. Do you understand where those packages were supposed to be delivered to? To the Jewish synagogues in Chicago. Al-Qaeda hates Jews because they're God's people. So understand it. That's why we support the nation of Israel. Even though most of the Jewish people don't have any kind of relationship with God, God still loves them. Of course, he loves the whole world. If you want to know what's going to happen in end times, keep your eyes on three things. The nation of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount where the new temple is going to be built. Just keep your eyes on it. Now, the children of Israel, they were designed by God to be light 
to a world that didn't know there was just one God. And I'm going to ask you to turn to chapter 15. And we're going to look at three passages really, really quick. But I want you to see a pattern that begins to happen. You'll be able to pick it out. And every time we come across the word grumbled, I want you to say with me out loud on all of our campuses, ganguzo. So every time we come to it, I want you to say it with me. Chapter 15, verse 23. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Mara. So the people, Anguzo, against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? Now go to chapter 16, you're close by. Chapter 16, verse 1. Later, the whole Israelite community sat off from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, in the 15th day of the second month after they'd come out of Egypt. Now, in the desert, the whole community against Moses and Aaron. Now, go down to verse 8 and 9. And Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he's heard your... No, 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 it's ganguzuin. Ganguzuin. Did you get it? Who are we? You are not grumbling against us. Watch this. But against the Lord. And Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord. Watch this principle. For he has heard your... So what do we learn there? What did you see in those three passages? Write it down. Here's a huge danger. Grumbling can become a habit. You see, grumbling became the national pastime of Israel. The word grumbling appears many times in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Jewish Old Testament. And it's almost always referring back to the children of Israel. In the wilderness. And their stubborn, discontent spirit. See, grumbling became a lifestyle for the children of Israel. But God hated it. He heard it. Grumbling really is against God. Because he's orchestrating all the circumstances of our life. So danger number one, grumbling can become a habit. By the way, if, if that's you... People don't want to be around you too much because you're negative and critical. And it, when, when you talk about it, something's always wrong. Some, instead of looking for the good, it, it's always something wrong. And pretty soon people don't want to be around you. And so the habit needs to be broken. I know some of you are going to say right now, Pastor Mark grumbling, man, that's my spiritual gift from God. <laughs> I want to say to you, no way. It can't be because he just told me, Quit grumbling. So it is not a gift from God. Now, what's the second danger? Grumbling can become infectious, negatively affecting others. If you ever visit France, here's the danger if you're going to travel in France. They're always striking against something. 
They're discontent. Just last week, you watched it for two weeks. They're grumbling, complaining about pensions and retirement age. Then they'll complain about the wages. Then they complain about the airlines. Then they complain about the trains. And the whole city and the whole country seems to be shut down all the time. See, it, it can become infectious. If we're not careful, grumbling will make each of us critical, negative people that always are stirring up something. It, it becomes infectious. And pretty soon, by the way, do you know why churches split? It starts with one, and then they just begin grumbling, and pretty soon there's a whole group of people over here. Follow the children of Israel through. Finally, God got mad and stopped. said, you want meat? Have some meat. Came out of their ears. It starts with one, grumbling. Well, I want to give you four keys of how to work out your salvation. Number one. Live with a positive, joyful, thankful attitude. Live with a positive, joyful, thankful attitude. Instead of complaining, let's go back to Philippians, if you will. Back to Philippians chapter 2 where your finger was. Instead of complaining, Paul says, do everything without complaining. Well, if I'm going to do it without, what do I do it with? Positive, joyful, thankful attitude. Do you know what? I love being around positive people. There was a man in the church, and I was around him for numbers of years. And uh, he's gone to heaven now. But if he would ever call, I wanted to be around him. You know why? Because it rubbed off on me. He was. It didn't matter what happened. He was positive. And it was infectious. I know you like that too. I like to be around those kind of people. Well, look at the last part of verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. So there's another addition. Arguing is defined like this. Useless and sometimes ill-natured disputing, striving, stirring up about little things that don't matter. What a tragedy if the church... Or if you and I are known for our arguing and striving with one another. You see, God designed us to be a team working together. So that we could say to the world, we're different. We're flowing together. We're unified. And as you begin to think about that, the world is watching. Now, I'll speak to this in a moment in more length. But God called us to be different than the world we live in. We're not better. We're just to be different. We're better in the sense that we've accepted the grace of God. But our lifestyle should be better. Because, see, people are looking. There's plenty of gripey, complaining people out. And there's plenty of people that argue about nothing and make big deals out of it. But if we're not like that, then we stand out. We're different. The world is looking for different. They're looking for better. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded us that remarkably enough, there are things that God can't do for us. Although he wants to help us faithfully carry out our Christian walk, we have to be willing to do the work of a Christ follower. 
We were told using scriptural examples that people are watching us to see how we react to negative life events. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark, we'll continue the teaching, The World is Watching. We'll be taught about the importance of living life with an attitude of gratitude and trusting in God rather than one of grumbling. We will be told of examples where the people of Israel complained and what God's response was to their habitual griping. It wasn't pretty. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.